You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Psalm 34 and 22 that's found in the last clause is trust. And we have been dealing with, with trust. We have learned a number of denotations and connotations when it comes to trust. When you trust You depend on God because you recognize that you can't wholly depend on yourself because you are limited when it comes to your capacity to get things done. There are certain things that are beyond you. Bigger than you. Things can hit your body that that you can't handle. But because you are a believer, you know nothing is impossible or too hard for God. And so when you can't move it, you depend on him to move it. When you can't deal with it properly, you depend on him to handle it simply because you you trust him. And when you trust him, you reach the conclusion that David reached in Psalm 46 and 1. David said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Of course, we take it a little further. David's emphasis was on trouble, but we consider God a very present help at all times. No matter where we are, no matter what's taking place in our life, God helps us. I said he helps us. And finally, when you trust him, based upon our theme scripture of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you do so with all your heart. All of your heart. When it it comes to your choices, you are determined not to make a decision Not to move unless you're led by the Spirit of God. For you know John 16 and 13 has given you a promise that he will guide you not just into some truth, but will guide you into all truth. And there is a significance when it comes to the truth according to John 8, 31 and 32. 
it says in part, the truth will make us free. And when you consider that, if we trust God, he will deliver us, protect us, and cause us to prosper. God will make your life better if you trust him. I said God will make your life better if you trust him. But the psalmist takes it further here in Psalm 34 and 22. Because he reveals in the last clause that that as servants when we trust him we will not be condemned. I said, when we are his servants, we will not be condemned. Now, what, it, what is a servant? A servant is a person that first and foremost has given everything to God, has made the Lord his or her personal master and savior. When he tells you to think a certain way, you do it. Tells you to talk a certain way, you do it. Tells you to do certain things, you do it. Letting him know, I am your servant. I'm going to think according to your will. I'm going to talk according to your will. And I'm going to do according to you. I am your servant. And let me just break in and say a servant is not perfect. Woo, how many have ever been determined to, to think, say, and do according to the written and revealed will of God, but then you messed up? You, 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 how many have ever you just messed up you, with your little dog itself you were determined that you I'm going to walk this fine line but then you messed up five minutes after you said it but this is the thing about a servant if a servant finds him or herself in sin not going to stay there find themselves off the path not going to stay there it may take a minute, but you're going to get back on the path. Why? Because you have found now that can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Just, just, just say to somebody if it be true, I'm sold out. Even though I make mistakes, I'm sold out. I'm his servant for life. Because I have found now can't. Nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus. Oh, some of y'all may not mean it. I uh, may not feel it like I feel it. Look at somebody and just ask them real quick. Have you, have you made a decision to, to just serve him for life? Look at somebody else and say, and the reason I made that decision is because, can't Nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus. I'm his servant. 
That's the reason I will praise him before I get to church. I said I will praise him before I get to church. Elder Jackson say when the check when the check thrower threw the check and he took a peep, he had to get his praise on right then. Woo, he had to get his praise on right then. I remember thinking we didn't have no food at the house back in the day. And then I get home and, and I said, Lord, we ain't got no food. And just get to the house and just open up the cupboard and see an old, an old can of pork and beans. Get this. With the bacon. Woo! Went to shouting because we had a can left. Didn't have no money in the pocket, but at least had a can, a tall can of pork and beans. Say to your neighbor, you have to shout for the big and the little. And there are certain things you should never forget. I got to serve him forever. But now notice contextually, when you serve him, when you, when you are servant. And you serve and trust him, you're not going to be condemned. You're not going to be condemned. The Hebrew word for condemn has one, one meaning in particular that I want to deal with. You're not going to be desolate. When you trust him, you're not going to be condemned or you're not going to be desolate. Desolate means you're, you're not going to be without hope. When you're not desolate, you're not without hope. Because a desolate person is in a hopeless situation and, and has reached the conclusion that they're not coming out. But some of us have been in hopeless situations. But because we trusted God, we came out. And, and now David gives us the reason why we came out. Because we served. Because yeah. you trust me, I'm not going to allow you to stay in that predicament that you're in. You done saw that you couldn't get yourself out. But my hand is not too short that I cannot save you. My hand is not too powerless or without strength that I can't pull you out of the predicament that you got yourself God will not leave you hanging even though you can't get yourself off the cliff. He going to step in and make sure he pulls you completely up and out of your situation. He is not going to leave you hopeless. He's not going to leave you hopeless. But, but it also says that he's not going to 
He's not going to leave you empty. Empty. And of course, empty has many meanings. But empty in one sense means that you are without what you need. You just don't have what you need. You don't have no money. You don't have a car. You know you need something to drive. You don't have nowhere to stay. You're going from, from somebody's house to another person's house. You don't have what you need. God said, I ain't going to leave you like that. You're like that now, but this is not your conclusion. <laughs> See, because some folk look at where they presently are and think that it's conclusive but not a servant of God I don't care where you are right now I don't care who has pinned who has pinned and said you gonna stay there no they can pin it all day or write it down all day but God has the final say wherever you are right now if you serve God that's not your conclusion God is not going to leave you empty. He's not going to leave you barren. He's going to make sure you come out of your predicament. Well, they say it just ain't no hope, Pastor. They say it's just going to end just like that. That's what they say. But who has the final say? Who has the final say? And when you trust him, you believe that. Not only that, some of us have experienced God as the, as the Alpha and the Omega. Some of us have experienced God doing what folks said couldn't be done. Let me see them hands real quick. You've experienced, look around you, look around you. You've experienced God doing it for you. Hold them hands up now. Say, y'all be obedient just for a little bit more. Look around you, look around you. See, you always have to understand that whatever God is going to do, he's going to give you scripture. His servants that trust him are not going to be condemned. You're not going to remain empty. I ain't got nothing. My daddy didn't have nothing. And then his daddy didn't have nothing. So I guess I done got in the wrong family. It's a nothing family. Not if you got redeemed. Not if you're a servant of God. You coming out, the curse stops here. Man, there are certain things that I went through coming up. And, and, and when, I, when I got saved, I made up in my mind, I ain't going through this no more. This right here is going to cease. This is over. Even when I got saved and, and I went through certain things, I said, you know what? This right here ain't never going to happen no more. I had one car, and, and that car just kept breaking down. I said, Lord, I, I said, when, when you bring me out, I said, this right here ain't never going to happen. I said, if one do break down, I'm going to get another one. And if that one break down, I'm going to have another one. And if that one break down, I'm going to have another And if that one break down, I'm going to have I went through that with cars and lawnmowers. I had a lawnmower break. I said, I'm going to get me another lawnmower. This is never going to happen again. Why? Because when God is in your life, and once you start seeing his hand upon it, 
You move as his hand moves. You move as God directs you to do particular things. You trust him and believe that what he did for folk in scripture, the same going to happen to you. We got to start reading our Bible more. Because certain things that have happened, certain things that happened to, to uh, Elder Jackson that he testified about, you look in scripture. That happened to a number of folk, but it only happened to folk that applied the word. Written and revealed. When you apply that written and revealed word, you can expect the supernatural. You hear me? But you would not be without hope. You would not be empty. You're going to have if you are a servant of God and you apply the word to your life, you're going to have stuff. You can't stay broke. If, if you've been in church for years and you're still broke and you're saying you, you following Pastor Bob, you ain't following me. You can't stay broke if you're following God's word. I say you can't stay broke if you're following God. I have Come. Why? That you might have life. And that you may have it. How? How you going to follow God and he giving all this abundance and you not getting anything? Somebody ain't following him. Or somebody is coming to church but not trusting God the way they should trust him. And see, understand something. When you trust God, it's synonymous with believe. And you know what? God is not going to condemn you. Let me show you something real quick, and we're going to go a little further. Go with me to uh, John 3 and 18. St. John, you, you read probably uh, St. John 3 and 16, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But notice John 3 and 18. John 3 and 18. He who believes in him, or Jesus, is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned at that moment. If a word come forward telling you that God will prosper you if you do such and such, if you act on it, you're not condemned. If you don't, you're condemned at that moment. El Jackson gave us a word during the offering. He said, look, God wants you to be led by the Spirit to do something. That was the word. He that wasn't pastor saying it, but it was God using elder to say it. But look at this right here. Look at this. If you do not believe what God has put on your plate, you're condemned at that moment. You're in a hopeless situation at that moment. 
You're entering into a state of emptiness at that moment. Am I contextual? I said at that moment. I believe. If God tell me why I don't have a particular thing that he going to bless me with it, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I'm shouting before it happens. I don't want to be condemned. Before you get to the altar, if God tells you you're healed, shout about your healing. Don't say, I'm going to go to the altar. No, if he tells you before you get to the altar, you're healed. Shout about your healing at your seat. You don't ever want to be to a place to where because you do not believe you are in a place of condemnation. Well, Pastor said I was here, but I, I don't know. Look, you causing a curse to come on you because you do not believe. And you don't understand scriptures like Second Chronicles 20 and 20, the latter part. Believe the Lord God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. You never want to be to the point to where you're condemned. If God says that he is going to prosper you through a legitimate man, a woman of God, receive it, even though you ain't got a dime in your pocket. If God tells you before the week is over, you're going to receive thousands, believe it, even though you just bounced a check. I said, even though you just wrote a bad check. You hear me? Because God never says nothing that he does not mean. Whether he says it directly or indirectly. Remember what Isaiah said? Once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void. What is it going to do? It's going to accomplish everything that he sent it to do. And it's going to prosper. In every way that he has ordained for it to prosper. They can fire you off every job. But if God has put his prosperity upon your head, money going to come your way. I say money going to come your way. I don't care if, if you make... Uh, minimum wage, if God says that he's going to bless you with thousands, he'll, he'll use sources beyond your job to bless you bountifully. You know why? Because can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Y'all better stay with me. Look at this verse again, John 3 and 18, and then I'm going to move further. Y'all stay with me. Again, John 3 and 18. He who believes in him is not what? But he who does not believe in him is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. He has not believed in Jesus. And what does Jesus mean? Salvation. What is salvation? Deliverance, protection, and prosperity. That means you don't believe in divine prosperity. I do. I do. I believe exactly what, what, what the man of God said earlier. That he'll bless me when I'm in Buckhead. 
I ain't been to Rootville in a long time, but if I go to Rootville, I believe he'll bless me. Nothing against Rootville, Mr. George, but I'm just saying. But taking it further, I believe he'll, well, he is blessed being human. But wherever you go, he's going to what? Bless you. Why? Because you believe in Jesus. And Jesus is salvation. Salvation is threefold. Again, it says that you're going to be delivered, protected, and prosper. Amen? Amen. But now I want to deal with the latter clause. Well, the first clause of, of Psalm 34 and 22. Notice again, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants. Why, why, why does he redeem us in such a way? Be, because the one, one thing that God wants his servants to experience is prosperity. Prosperity is more than money, isn't it? Prosperity means that, that you are productive in every aspect of your life. He redeems his servant because he wants his servants to prosper. Yeah. Consider Psalm 35. We're right here. We're right at it. Psalms 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy. This is talking about God's folk. And be glad. Who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. Basically, you should be a person of praise at all times. But notice the, la the, the last clause. Who has, this is the Lord, who has pleasure in the prosperity of who? His servants. Well, it just seemed like I'm in the same vein as my daddy. He was broke. I'm broke too. Well, if you are a child of God, that's not God's wish for you. Look at this verse right here. He takes, help me, pleasure. It pleases him. To cause, to help you prosper. It, it, was a, it was a guy that, that used to say about 3 John 2, that verse is not for everybody. But understand this, when, when, when the 66 books became canonized, when God told holy men to write it and to make sure his people, first and foremost, get it, it became for it became uh, everybody's right to say this is mine. This is for me. 
This is for me. And see here, David actually bags up what John, thousands of years later, said in 3 John 2. When he said, Beloved, I wish, now he was prophetic, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul does prosper. Of course, David, David lets us know something else, that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. God get happy when you prosper. God loves it when you get something nice. See, I'm breaking that down to the point where yeah, some of y'all, y'all can't even accept that God, God get happy about your car, even though he blessed you with the car. So, y'all can't handle that over there. I, I, so, anybody in here can handle something like that. God bless you with something, and he happy that you got it. Can y'all handle something like that? Jesus said to his disciples, it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wasn't talking about when they, when they got to heaven. He was talking about the things that he had promised them right here. I don't, and, and you got crazy folk. You got crazy folk in church that say things like, well, I don't guess it, it's God's will for all of us to prosper. You ain't no Bible reader. You don't know your Bible. You, you, don't under, you don't really understand God's mission. God's mission was to come and to make sure folks that accepted him had life, but not just life, that they have it more abundantly. Even said in the scripture that, that I'm quoting, John 10, 10, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I, you know why I came? I came that you might have some life and that you might have it more abundantly. Who are you? I am the good shepherd. I'm the good one. I'm, I'm, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd. I'm the beneficial shepherd. I'm the shepherd that came to bless the sheep. I'm not that shepherd that come to beat the sheep. I'm that shepherd that came to be beneficial to the sheep. I'm the shepherd that came to open up the eyes of the sheep so they can realize that I'm not the one that's condemning. I'm the one that's bringing you some hope. I'm the one that's bringing you some expectation. I'm the one that's letting you know when you give, I'll give into your bosom. Good measure, pressed down, sh shaking together and running. He takes this mean we got to give him glory we got to give him glory for blessing us and, and, and listen to this everybody ain't going to be happy about how God is blessing you Proverbs talks about how a person with evil intentions 
will condemn you. I need to find that scripture. Lord have mercy. Help me, Jesus. Woo, let me try to find this scripture. I, I think I need y'all to see that. But if I can't find it, y'all just look at look it up when you get to the house. Lord have mercy. But I need to find it. Let's see, Lord. Jesus. Lord have mercy. Y'all praying that I find this scripture. Lord have mercy. The Holy Wait, somebody said something. That's it. 1627. That's probably it. No, that's not it. No, it's in Proverbs. That might be it. Let's see. No, that's not it. We're looking at New King James Version. Oh, got it. <laughs> Proverbs 12 and 2. No, sometimes you just have to, you just have to ask the Holy Spirit to tell you where it is. Because I wasn't planning on going here, but, but we need this. Notice this. Proverbs 12 and 2. A good man obtains favor from who? But a man of wicked, help me, he will what? See, folks see you prosper, and, and then all of a sudden, they're going to have something nasty to say. Yeah, he think he's somebody because he done got that little house and that little car. But I ain't no telling how you end up getting. You got to understand something. When, when folks start putting down the blessing of God, that's an evil person. But, but, but what gives me is when we, we allow it to bother us. You can't, you can't let folks be upset about God blessing you bother you would you rather God not bless you you better put your cup out there and say God that is let it come to pass what you promise in the scripture let the cup run over let it overflow but look at this again Proverbs 12 and 2. A good man obtains favor from who? A good person is a just person. A person that lives according to the written and revealed word of God. But look, look again because notice what is in contrast to a good person is in contrast to an evil person. Look at this. But a man of wicked or evil intentions. He will. Damn. His intention is to talk about you because of what God has done in your life. Oh, favor all on her. That's what she's been telling everybody. But I know her little secret. 
God takes care of the person that has evil intentions toward you. Because of how God is blessing you. You remember how they condemned Jesus? How they talked about him? But look at how God turned around and favored Jesus even in death and after death. Even through the trial, even through his bed, he still had God's favor upon him. Only time God withdrew from Jesus is when Jesus had to fulfill his mission. What was that? He had to take upon him the sin of the world. And that's the reason Jesus cried out, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? He had to step back. And allow Jesus to fulfill the mission of taking your sin, my sin, away. Yeah. God saw your sin. You can't listen to certain records and say he only saw the best. No, no. He saw your sin. And knew you needed to be redeemed. He knew you needed to be redeemed. He redeems the soul of his servants. I'm going to deliver you walk. Before you got saved, he knew your sin. And now that you're saved, he knows your sin. And he constantly redeems you. There are things you have done since you've been saved. That he had to deliver you from. Look at the text. He redeems. His servants. Redeems mean he's going to deliver you. Because I'm going to tell you something. A, a lot of things we do. We bring it on ourselves. But you can't get to the point to where you start condemning yourself. You got to look to the redeemer and say, Lord, I messed up. But don't play with him, though. If you want him to help you, receive his help. And when you receive his help, you pick yourself up and start walking back in the word. Or start thinking, talking, and doing according to what is written and what is revealed. And, and see, when he, he redeems you, that means that he's not going to give up on you. Unless. Well, he won't give up on you, but if you blaspheme, do something that he told you not to do, he has no choice. But to withdraw. 
That's just work. He's going to honor his word. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not my work. He's going to honor his, his word. But he's going to redeem you. And redeem you since you've been saved. When you got so upset, you cursed somebody out. And you start feeling bad. But then, Lord, please help me. Forgive me. So I won't do that no more. He allows his blood to, to cover. His blood just didn't cover you when you got saved the first time. His blood covers you now. Why now? Because according to Leviticus 17, life is in the blood. What can wash me? What can make me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What in the world happened to his sin? He was a crackhead to the bone. What The blood of Jesus washed him, covered him. God redeems. He redeemed us from sin and we became servants. But since being servants, he done redeemed us. Y'all all right? Yeah. I got to take you to a couple of scriptures. Let's go to uh, the book of Psalm 49. Psalm 49. Lord, have mercy. Y'all all right? Yeah. Psalm 49. Let's go there. That's where we'll start. And then we're going to look at one more. Psalm 49 and 15. But God will redeem my soul. Now this man has some trust right here. He said, God will redeem my soul. A God real redeem me. What's going on with you? From the power of the grave. Death got a hold on him. The grave literally refers to death. Figuratively, it refers to the end of something in reference to life. And sometimes on earth we face something that's trying to literally take us out. But notice you got to have confidence just like the psalmist. The Lord going to redeem me from the power of the grave. I like to tell folk. And, 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 and I like to hear my mama say it. But, but, but this is what we say. We ain't going nowhere until, until it's our appointment. You know, some, some folk have died because of their mouth. Wasn't that time to die? They died because of their mouth. That is not so true. Yes, it is. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death 
is in the power of the tongue. You battling something that's trying to kill you, and then you're going to claim it. This my such and such. Don't be claiming that, 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 that I've been sent to kill you. Don't be claiming nothing you don't want around. That ain't like your cousin. Your cousin around, you can put him out the house. But some things are trying to mess you up. You can't put out the house. Because you don't have that type power. And see, David reckoned, this is too big for me. But he going to redeem me from the power of the grave. Or from the power of this thing that's trying to kill me. And, and see, some things that try to kill you will get other folks to put emphasis on how powerful it is. Well, you know my cousin, he died with that too. And you send him fighting it, but they want you to know that. So you know what's in their mindset. But see, in your mind, has to be. I ain't going nowhere until my appointment. The God that saved me when I was dead in trespasses and sin can save me from this too. Y'all ain't ready for no preaching over here. I said the God that saved me when I was dead in my sin can save me from this too. That's how, the, that, that's how the Bible describes us when we were in sin. Dead. That's the reason 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says that we are new creatures. If God can give us a new life spiritually, and nothing is too hard for him. Why can't he give us a new life in other aspects? After all, the prophet Isaiah said he will renew your strength. How, Isaiah? As the eagle. The eagle get tired. But the Lord then gave the eagle a, a strategy how to get back together. Go and hide in, in, in the cleft of the cave, eagle. Shed all those feathers. Then go to the top and let the sun get a hold of you as well as the water so your color can come back. And new feathers can start to pop out. Now go find a river and, and just dip your head in the river and just leave it there. Until the dirt and the scales begin to fall from your eyes. 
then all of a sudden, the, the, the eagle, after loosing all of that stuff, is able to fly like he used to fly. Able to see like he used to see. And Isaiah understood. He said he will renew your strength. How? As the eagle. Say your name. We got to know the Bible. Don't, don't just hold on to what folks say. Hold on to what the scripture say. Because folk going to say stuff. But the scripture gives us promises. And all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. I'm giving y'all too much. Some of y'all look like you're overwhelmed by what I'm saying. And some of you look like a dead person. You just. Listen to this. He will redeem his servants from the grave. And even when something ends, God's redemption includes resurrection. Folk had left Jesus, said, it's over. He gone. He just gave up the ghost. He dead. But his redemption also includes resurrection. He'll revive your money. <laughs> revive your life. Lord Embers, let me go further. My last scripture. Y'all ain't ready for this stuff. Psalm 103. Sometimes you have to hold it and go home and preach to yourself. Woo! Let's go to Psalm 103. We'll start at verse 1, but my, my emphasis is going to be on verse 4. But for clarity's sake, I want to start at verse 1. We're talking about how God will redeem the soul of his servants. Man, this is real. This is happening now. This is history, but it's also relevant to the present. Y'all ready? Psalm 103. We'll start at verse 1. Bless your Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Go ahead and praise him then, David. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, he talking to somebody. And forget not. Notice what David said. All. Ain't he got a truckload plus? I said, ain't he got a truckload plus? He'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you what? Ah. Uh, Dave said, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your what? Who heals how many? Your what? You got to believe this. Who redeems your life from destruction. Redeem me, he's going to protect you. He's going to protect you. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. And, and I don't know how y'all going to take this, me being your pastor and everything. But I'm, I'm just going to say it anyway. But you have to love your pastor no matter what, you know. 
God has redeemed me from messing up myself. God has redeemed a protected walker, your pastor, from messing up himself. Remember, in the, in the text, it, it has to do with protection. Who redeems us from, help me, destruction. I have almost messed up myself with my mouth. Messed up myself with my thoughts. But he redeemed me. I mean, help me. I said, Lord, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord. Because, Lord, I would have messed myself up. And sometimes I did. But he still, sometimes he'll, he'll protect you before you do it. But then sometimes you will do it, but he'll protect you in reverence to not letting it get worse. And pulling you out of what you did. He'll redeem you. From destruction. Well, see, you, you have to have in your being, based upon all that I have said, I am redeemed. When, when certain things come at you and, and tell you, I'm going to take you out. No, I'm redeemed. God got me protected. God is my deliverer. God is my strong hope. You can't touch what God would not allow you to touch because I am redeemed. L listen to this in my closing. Job. We're going through all kind of stuff. But do you know in the midst of his turmoil, he knew he was going to be redeemed. In front of his friends and his wife, I know my redeemer lives. Because I understand something. You got to understand the implication. See, sometimes... Your situation can get so horrendous to where the enemy will start playing with your mind. Or use folks to try to make you think in contrast to the will of God. Well, see, Job had to say before them and to himself, I know my Redeemer lives. Because sometimes folk will try to talk stuff to try to make you lose hope. Yeah, they will. Then sometimes your situations can get worse. And your situations will try to make you doubt what God promised you. But you have to have in your being and allow it to come out of your mouth. My Redeemer lives. And Job said it, even though his situation got worse and worse and worse. Did his Redeemer show up and let everybody know, yeah, what Job said, yeah, I live. 
I've said it so many times when, when his redeemer showed up and we see the conclusion in, in Job 42, it's like a fairy tale. It's like a fairy tale. And, and I used to think that was, a, that was a Job thing. But then when you get to looking at folk like Boss Lady, Elder Thomas, Mother Sarah, Sister Gail, and others in here that have been through so much. And you living, but, but you got a fairy tale. Not just a fairy tale ending. You got a fairy tale life. When you get to telling folk what, what all you done been through and, and how God bought you out. It, it, it's a lot of folk when you telling yourself, that woman knows she'll quit telling them lies. Be, because what you're saying is just so amazing. So amazing. You know, and, and, and even professionals, there's no way you could have went through all that and be who you are. But it is. But it's only one way it can happen. And that's wealth, your redeemer. Say to your neighbor, I am, I am redeemed. redeemed. And I'm going to stop right there. Let's go.